four in Milwaukee is one thing. Splitting four with the best team in Major League Baseball? Wow. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dayon Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins. Pirates 7, Braves 5. And yeah, they split. And yeah, they could have had three out of four had it not been for a David Bednar blown save. You can say the same thing, incidentally, the exact same thing about the series in Milwaukee. There's so much to like, both individually and collectively, within both of these series. But for me, especially this one against Atlanta, because this was the first one, oh my goodness, in the longest time where you saw the bats look like, I don't know, that they exist, never mind that they were productive. And they got these runs, not like going against you know Atlanta's worst guys or they just happened to run into a fortunate part of the rotation. Oh, man, they were, they were taking apart the Braves' best. And they were doing it up and particularly down the lineup. They had young guys involved. They had Brian Reynolds and Brian Hayes involved. Remember them? Andrew McCutcheon made a contribution. Heck, poor Jack Sawinski, who I basically roasted alive on yesterday's show, comes through with a double off a rare quality swing as well as a walk. The pitching wasn't great. But the funny thing is, the pitching wasn't great from guys that you're kind of not expecting to be great. Like when you're watching Bailey Falter take the mound yesterday, are you thinking to yourself, oh boy, really, really need to get a good outing here from Bailey Falter so that he can be part of this moving forward? Nobody, nobody, probably not even Bailey Falter is thinking that. But for the guys who matter, whether they're younger or a little bit older, They came through and they looked like there was some competitive spirit and there looked like there was some confidence and they looked like they, can I say this? I mean, they looked a little bit like April, you know, they looked like they had some of that swagger back and it came in a lot of the same forms. It's small wonder that when the game ended, the press conference room opened up, Derek Shelton comes in before he took any questions. He started off by just stating, I'm really proud of these guys. And he followed that up with this. A bunch of young players against that team in that series and had the opportunity to win all four games. And I mean, even going back to the Milwaukee series, I mean, these young guys are really stepping up to the occasion and it's uh, fun to watch. So very, I mean, very cool because that is, that's a grind to get through that club right there. Hey, good for him. Okay, I have found... Positives within negatives, I have found negatives within positives over the course of this rather bizarre summer for your favorite baseball team. And and I'm, I'm left with, you know, reality. And reality is that they just played some pretty good ball. Not everything went perfectly. Some of the young players showed that they're still young players, you know, like the Henry Davis pop up and so forth. But if you're going to start somewhere, start it by splitting eight total games against two first-place teams. 
two teams that are trying really, really hard to win games toward a bigger goal for 2023. So yeah, I will take new information. I will take new data. I will take a new set of circumstances and come back with you with a modified stance. I would love to see this organization really, very seriously rethink the instruction that it has going on at the top level. I would really, very seriously like to see this organization rethink some of the philosophies, particularly as it relates to hitting. But I will also, at the same time, look at some of the talent that's been accrued by the same people, by the way, who've made the decisions to hire slash employ Oscar Marine and Andy Haynes and say, hey, you know, that's pretty good work. Look at a kid like Leo Verpaguero. Look at the different things that he can do. Look at the acquisition just recently of Alika Williams. Look at the plays he's making at shortstop. Look at Andy Rodriguez. This was supposed to be a throw-in by the third team in a three-team trade. Andy was the last guy mentioned in that paragraph, that monster paragraph. And he's become one of, if not the best young player at any level of the system. All due respect to Paul Skeens having a dominant first outing, by the way, in Bradenton yesterday. One inning, but hey. There are positives to what's happening in Pittsburgh. My concern that's been expressed regularly here, and this isn't a backtrack on my part, just explaining. My concern is that every time you see a Pagero or an Endy or someone in that mold do well, you see them regress. And then from there, you'll see the Pirates have no answers other than to send them back. That's got to stop. That's got to stop. There has to be not good, not very good, elite baseball instruction available to these players upon reaching Pittsburgh. Elite. And a game like yesterday and a sequence of, I don't want to say eight games because that first one in Milwaukee was such a stinker. So let's just say the past seven of the past seven games supports this so much more strongly because it tells you that the players, that the talent, that the want to are there. What they need is elite how-to. When we come back, J1Q. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Your front door. Your car. Your bike. Your computer. Your gun. 
safety is a habit. Every day you lock and secure your home and everything you want to keep safe. Gun safety and responsible storage are no different and the best way to help prevent accidents, misuse, and theft. If you have a firearm, own it, respect it, and secure it. Visit ProjectChildSafe.org. Brought to you by the National Shooting Sports Foundation and the Bureau of Justice Assistance. Today's J1Q comes from John, who asks, DK, was Henry Davis worth a number one overall pick as a right fielder? That's a really good question, John, that will not have a really good answer. I am aware, obviously, that if you have someone who can hit the way Henry's going to be able to hit in the majors on a consistent basis and have him behind the plate, that because of the nature of catching, he's going to be a more valuable player. But let's remember that when Henry was drafted, the consensus sentiment about him at the time was that he was the best college bat in the class. He was the most advanced bat. He was the most certain bat. I've seen nothing, including his recent struggles, to suggest that won't be the case. I think Henry is going to be a special bat in the majors. Would it be ideal if he were some old school Manny Sanguian type who could get behind the plate five, six days a week and do all that hitting at the same time and throw everybody out with that 80-grade arm? And Sure, sure. But the reason that he was drafted where he was was the bat. Now, also at the same time, and I was bringing this up back then, and it was not very popular with those listening to this show or reading what I was writing, and that's that Henry was seen as having some defensive shortcomings. I don't recall any of those as being described as uh, fatal flaws. It was all stuff that should have been correctable, but that he wasn't anywhere near as advanced behind the plate as he was at the plate, and that it was going to take some time. Well, I also heard from... This was one scout, and that's all. I'm not going to make it out to be more than that. But one scout who saw him in college and said he's not going to, he's not going to be a regular catcher in the majors. You don't want him to be. You can use him somewhere else. You got to make sure, of course, that you're using that arm in some meaningful way, meaning don't put him at first base. So right field, for me, makes sense for Henry. And again, giving him all of the mulligans for all of 2023 because of the way his process was mishandled by management. But he goes out there now. He's playing the position. He's learning it the hard way. And he's using that gun. And he's making a difference at times with that gun. I'm struggling to think back. This is probably the best answer I can give you. To a player who was put into an outfield position, specifically at PNC Park, right field, because of its shallower depth, not as much grass to cover, and basically you've just got to become a a wallologist in learning how to read that thing, because there are different, not just contours to the Clemente wall, but there's also uh, different surface strikes of the ball 
there's a you have to be out there and real close to it to see what I'm talking about. But the mesh fence, for example, is a plastic fence. The ball dies against it. Other parts of the wall are rock hard because they're actually cement and the ball will come off of it really hard. And then there's the glass at the top. There's a lot of different surfaces and you just got to know how to read it. Some of the players who've been the very best at it are guys that you would not normally associate with great defense. Gregory Polanco was out there, read that wall like a cheap novel. I can really go back in time and drop a Craig Wilson reference on you. Craig was not any sort of great defender, worked his tail off on it, wasn't any kind of gold glove candidate, just knew what he was doing. Well, no one's going to outwork Henry. No one's going to outlearn Henry. I'd like to see him stay out there, and I'd like to see that bat become elite. If it sounds like I'm tap dancing around your question, I'm not. I believe that Henry was drafted to be an elite bat. I believe he can still be that. That is my answer. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Pirates all week long, all season long. We'll be back with another one on Monday. 